also i honestly <laughs> and also with you honestly monday nights have become my favorite oh i still like tuesday nights too because we watch the bachelor which True. i think there's the finale this tonight so we have to make sure we stay tunnel vision <laughs> so oh. we don't see before tomorrow night yeah please nobody don't spoil anything oh for my us. gosh now that i'm saying it i know my phone is no. listening and it's gonna show me it better not that would be very sad. I'm nervous. That would ruin everything. Um, interesting. Uh, let us know. I mean, know Friday nights are great too, because Rager. But you know. Rager nights. But this Friday, we'll be going. It's going to be the ragerest of ragers. <laughs> yeah, we'll be going to the beach for my birthday, uh-huh. my thirtieth birthday, which I figure the next episode will probably be a reflection of my thirtieth oh, birthday. Oh, of course and it will. Talking about. The yeah. thirty things I learned. No, just kidding. That'd be so much. Because your birthday is on Sunday. Yeah. So the 30 things you learned and we come back on Monday. So anyway, we'll see uh, what we end up wanting to record for next week. But yeah. for now, um, we're here and we have some questions this yeah, week. Yeah, we're going to kind of do like a Q&A. Um, we asked a few questions last week and got some responses from you guys. And so I'm really excited to like talk through them. And I love getting input. Hear what you little curious cuties have on your mind yeah. and in your heart and in your life. Um, okay, so that being said, I wanted to just kind of give like the lay of the land here. Okay. I read the questions. I'm just telling them you already know. Oh. But I read the questions before and I wrote down some practical tips. And some ways that'll help you and these things that you guys are going through, the questions that you have, the direction you're looking for. And Adam will be speaking from his heart. I did let him know the questions, but he <laughs> is more just like off the cuff. Like, yeah, is that the phrase? Mm-hmm. Off the cuff? Yeah. Um, not that these like my tips and practical tips aren't from my heart, which they are. I just I'm a Virgo and I like to write them. down. I want yeah. you to have something to where you if you want to write it down and remember it and it's like a practical tip not just stories that's what i have for you so if you're watching i may be looking at my notes in my phone a a bit um so you're warned about that but otherwise are you ready yeah i'm excited to get into it okay i'm so excited uh, so loved your questions. Thank you for sending them in. Um, and here's some of our faves. So let's jump right into it. Okay. Is there a way to find that dream, that core thing slash life that you want to have? It's really hard post Christianity. I thought I was supposed to be some sort of missionary, music leading, orphanage leader, but no, I'm just out here running through interesting ideas. And I don't know what to really commit to. Definitely open to chat more if this thought needs more clarification. Um, Oof. Yeah. That's what I got to say to that. Oof. That's a big one. Well, because for me, I still struggle with so often finding an actual like path for myself. Yeah. And I feel like it's just once you have gone through such a foundational shift in your life, where something that you knew was so certain became something that you, that became the antithesis of your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, it's just really, it's really hard to, to find footing again in, yeah. in something that you want to do. It's almost like for me, it's almost like I don't trust myself mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. to actually enough to commit to something. Mm-hmm. 
and and actually believe myself that I want to do it and that it's who I am and that it's a passion of mine like and that it matters enough and that it matters yeah because yeah. like and and I don't know if that's just like a trauma response to to tearing something away from my 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 core value system mm-hmm. or if it's just or if it's that that like a lot of it was revolving around like I wanted to be a drummer in the Christian music industry and I was doing it like that was my path and so then to step away from that um, in such a very specific and intentional way, it just, um, I don't know. It, it could be a little bit of both. Yeah. You had a, such a clear path. And like whenever you're infiltrated at such a young age to have this big, uh, big idea, the big concept, the big, uh, like the overarching theme of your life you know, as a, you know, Christian, this, that, or the other, something to do with your religion. Mm -hmm. When you're that young, when you think about your future and when you're planning your future, when you're manifesting your future, when you're like, whenever you're literally creating it physically and energetically, it's Mm -hmm. like from that, such a young age, you, your brain is already wired to that. And so to kind of undo that and then try to figure out, what you want to be when you grow up, when you've mm-hmm. already, when you're already a grow up, a grown up, it's, yeah. that's really hard to grapple with. Well, it's like when you're a kid and I guess I don't really know this, but I imagine that this is what it's like. Is that like when you're a kid and you have your first breakup, mm-hmm. you don't think the world will ever be the same again. You don't think you're ever going to fall in love in the same way. How would you know, sir? And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that must be, be sort of what I'm going through with this deconstruction um, of everything foundational. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's going to take a really long time for me to, to be able to establish an idea and a vision for what, what my life could actually look like for me to actually be able to envision a future without doubting it. Mm. Yeah, for sure. It's that, that part about like trusting yourself. I think that's huge Yeah, because you learned to trust something much bigger than yourself and Mm -hmm. somewhat outside of yourself for so long. And during very pivotal years of your brain developing and your sense of trust developing and whenever you, it's so much outside of you rather than trusting like something Mm -hmm. else within you. That's really a very difficult. And I've, found very difficult thing to do as an adult is learning how to trust myself outside of somebody else kind of giving the stamp of approval. Yeah. Well, and I think too, for you specifically to your question saying that like you had these ideas of what you wanted to be as a Christian, I challenge you to like kind of uh, interrogate that thought a little bit and like really look into, was that something that you wanted? Because for me, I've, I thought all my capability was, Mm. was to be a drummer in the Christian music industry because it's easier in my brain to be able to get my foot in, in the world of Christian music because it's not as big and monumental as the rest of secular music Mm. and the rest of the world. And so it's like, when you have lesser, fewer options, it's like easier to step into those roles. Yeah. And when you, and when you think it's going to be the easier in, it's just, is it, did you did you have faith in yourself that you were actually able to attain mm-hmm. a real dream or was this a dream that you thought was within your grasp? Mm-hmm. Because that can be hard too because now that you're outside of something that's so big. You're, a, you're in a bigger pond You're now. in a bigger pond Smaller now. Smaller fish, And so it's pond. like, 
to, to have faith in yourself after that shift and also mm-hmm. in a world where there's no easy way in like the Christian music industry is because it's such a niche. It's a lot harder to like cultivate the, the faith that you can actually do it. Yeah. I wouldn't call it easy to get into. No. <laughs> it has its but challenges. The, for sure. But the easier path. Yeah, for sure. It's easier than like figuring out how to play Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To play at a big Christian festival is easier to figure out than yeah to play yeah, because one of the barriers to entrance is being a christian who's willing to profess their faith and talk about it right and so like that's kind of one aspect of it that if you can do that and you can write songs that reflect that you're kind of there like yeah. you've you've got your foot in the door yeah okay so <laughs> one approach that i wrote down is to start by reflecting on your interests and strengths and we've kind of already talked about that your values what what like activities or topics actually ignite your passion hmm. uh, what are you naturally good at what brings you joy and fulfillment so those can give you hints about the areas you might want to commit to and again it's like we i have some pushback against you know sometimes finding the things that like I'm really good at and trying to make a job out of it constantly. We're like constantly surrounded by Mm. that idea. But at the same time, I don't know if even your question is like necessarily just career. Is it like just even what you're interested in, what you want to pour your heart, soul and like your time into? Mm -hmm. I think that's something to kind of reflect on too. Is it, is the question both career and like hobby? Is it right? Cause like for me, I I say frequently right now and I'm working on it, but like I say, I have a hard time having fun. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really know what I w- like even. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of a different thing. And so for me, because I'm in that position where I'm like, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you one thing I want to do or one thing that I'd be capable of sitting down and doing for like two hours and just enjoying myself and relaxing and unwinding. I don't really know. Um, but what I do find myself doing to, bridge that gap is finding the next thing that's in front of me mm-hmm. and committing to the um committing to the moment with yeah. it um and and understanding that there doesn't have to be a whole bunch of um pomp and circumstance around getting into something for me that I don't have to like I don't have to feel emotionally involved and invested in the thing that I'm doing I don't have to like feel all the best feelings that I feel when I'm doing my favorite thing in the world um but just being intentional with my time mm-hmm. and committing my energy to just being present with that thing. Yeah. I and, love that. and maybe you'll find, maybe you'll find something that aligns with your passion. And don't be afraid to explore like the different paths and the different ideas. I have talked about on so many episodes to try things on um, mm-hmm. and trying different things can help you better understand what resonates with you and what doesn't. Cause sometimes your dream or like your purpose, it might evolve over time mm-hmm. constantly throughout your life. Um, and that's, that's okay too. Yeah. And something I've been finding, especially with the podcast is that like sometimes choosing to do something with, with regularity, like coming and sitting mm-hmm. on a like Wednesday routinely. or on a Monday morning mm-hmm. and putting it into routine can, um, it can bypass the like effort. It makes it become a little bit more passive. And I've found so much more enjoyment. I found enjoyment that I didn't know that I would find again in doing the podcasts by by automating it by saying every Monday night we sit down and do something yeah and it frees up my brain from having to like choose it and put effort in to like that's what's going to happen and then my brain just kind of gets into its own creative space yeah Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. We have a couple questions that are similar, like in the same vein. So we can kind of keep on this train. Um, yeah. The next question says, I'd love an episode talking about coming to terms with your old life and passions and the new version of you. Mm. I find it hard to balance these things sometimes. Yeah. Do you have any first off the top of your head or, or I could just kind of go into it? Just read it to me one more time. Okay. Just give me the beginning of that again. So it says, I love an episode talking about coming to terms with your old life mm. and passions and the new version of you. I find it hard to balance these things sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what we were like addressing already. It, it is a little bit, but also just like, for me, I just kind of had to let my old identity die. Mm. I had a lot of ego wrapped in, in who I was. Like I, I still, the way that I talk about it even now, like I still want to, I still want to boast in my accolades, accolades of what I used to do. Um, and I also know that anytime I hear anybody do that as an adult, when I hear adults that are older than me do that, I'm just annoyed, annoyed <laughs> that they're not able to get past their glory days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, I guess I'm finding a little bit of a different understanding of why people talk about it, mm-hmm. why people talk about their, their past identities. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, it's like, it's less about, it's, it's, in the way that I want to communicate, it's less about the ego and it's more about the narrative of like how I became who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in this space, like I said, of, of not really knowing what I want out of life next, yeah. not really having another passion that fuels me to the same degree that the last ones did. And when you, and you, when you like kind of show up to those careers or those identities, when you're like, 18 years old you're like a prodigy right like you're like Mm. this kid who just came on the scene and so it's like it does inflate your ego and it's very much like i deserve to be here i am younger than everyone look at me look at me it's very like Mm. you know it's almost like first come first serve kind of energy whereas like the older you get not that that should be that the case but it often doesn't have that immediate like gratification of like, mm-hmm. well, look at me. I'm the youngest in the room. Yeah. I think the, one of the things that we actually have had a lot of conversation about is, um, that I, I struggle with, um, being content in the work that is not my best work. Mm -hmm. um, that I want to be, I always want to be chasing down my next big thing, my next big dream. Um, and I feel almost embarrassed to be content with what I'm doing, uh, what I'm putting my energy into, what my nine to five looks like. It's as much as it's like the thing that's sustaining me. It's like, if I allow myself to be okay and be happy and be relaxed and, and content, just doing that it's it feels to me like it's an embarrassing thing to admit because it means that I'm not it means that I'm not uncomfortable it means that I'm not yearning for something more even though that that's not the case and that's specifically I think also coming from like a touring position. yeah yeah for sure but like I 
the more that I've allowed myself to be comfortable and be happy and be like present in my life and operating out of a place of gratitude in the jobs that I'm doing in between my greatest moments, because like everybody knows you're going to have multiple careers in your life. You're going to have different things in your life where you are the best version of yourself. That's not going to be always though. Yeah. Uh, it might be three to five years that you are the best version of yourself and it may happen a couple times in your life. But if you are constantly operating out of a place of anxiety and distress when you're in between those moments, it saps your energy and your ability to actually pour your excitement and your passion into the things that you want to be doing, into the little steps that need to happen after you're done with your nine to five so that you can put in that extra hour, extra two hours after work into the thing that you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. It because takes more work. Yeah. Like if you're going to be exhausted. Yeah. Uh-huh. If yeah. you're going to be exhausted by work, if you're going to be stressed and anxious about it all the time, you're going to come home more exhausted with less energy to be able to chase the things down to become the next best version of yourself. Yeah. It's not as easy. Like it's so much easier when you're younger and all you're doing is like going to high school and dr- building your career. Yeah. Or going to college. But yeah. it's so it's so much harder when you're having to pay bills or pay Mm -hmm. rent and do all these things and like work a normal job and also figure out your dream and also figure out your career and also Mm -hmm. where like what is your passion and then once you figure that out put in effort for that passion it's just it's a lot more it's a lot harder in this stage of life Mm -hmm. than it is earlier and that's just something to recognize and not beat yourself up about yeah and I don't know what stage of life that you're in but generally if you're having these kind of monumental life-changing conversations you're you're probably in a place where your life looks a lot different than the last time that you established those beliefs i address our majority which is like 25 to 32 but we have listeners from all age groups but that's generally who i'm like addressing Mm -hmm. just because that's generally our listeners yeah um but okay so i do have some a little (laughs) A little like 12 step process for you. I'll go really quick though. I promise. This is the new 12 step, not Alcoholics Anonymous. Exactly. I know. (laughs) Okay. So one, recognize that change is a natural part of life. Okay. Embrace that. The fact that as you grow and evolve, your interests and priorities may, and they very will shift. Um, so number two, take time to reflect on your old passions and interests. Consider what aspects of your old life still resonate with you and align with your current values. So for me, I still wanted to use my voice. I still wanted to be in a way in the limelight, in front of a camera. I wanted to be still a performer, um, so to speak. And so I created my own stage, a.k.a. this podcast, Mm -hmm. Um, and even on social media. So when I came from a season of, life where I was an artist and I was performer and I was being seen and I you know got to use my voice and I got to help people and meet people and meet fans and speak from stage and speak from my heart and try to help people through hard times like that still resonates with me and that's Mm -hmm. anyway and so uh, how do I bring that into the season of my life so um, number three understand that personal growth involves shedding old layers and and adopting new perspectives like Adam was saying kind of it's like a big part of it is the ego um, and embrace the opportunity to evolve and become a more authentic version of yourself, which hopefully that's the goal. That's like mm-hmm. what we're doing constantly um, Four, engage in self discovery activities. Like 
you know, journaling, meditation. Mm-hmm. I have done that a lot. Um, uh, just to better understand your values and your aspirations and your passions in this new phase of your life. I have a notes app that has like, and it's changed all the time. Adam laughs how many times I like change my bio, <laughs> but like all the things that like I want to be and want to try to, you know, try out or implement in my life. Like, I think that's like, that's good. Reflect on what it is that is bringing you joy. Yeah. Um, number five, look for ways to incorporate elements of your old passions into your new life. This can involve adapting them to fit your current values or finding ways to integrate them alongside new interests. Number six, explore new activities and interests that align with the person you're becoming. This can help you create a sense of excitement and purpose in your current phase. Seven, allow yourself to let go of old passions that no longer resonate with you. Um, it's okay to move on and embrace new pursuits. So, that's that's a really big one. I think we tie so closely to our old, like just the passions that we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. We've put so much effort. We've put so much time and yeah. energy and money and blah, blah, blah. And our fa- or maybe our family has as well. And that's like a whole guilt thing too. It's like it's hard to let go of those passions when you've put in so much effort and those around you have potentially. But if it's not resonating with you anymore if it's not for you anymore it's time to let those things go Mm -hmm. Uh, number eight recognize that your journey is a collection of experiences that have shaped you that's huge celebrate the growth you've achieved while embracing the potential for more growth ahead yeah which that's the whole point number nine set new goals and that align with your current values and passions Um, this can give you a sense of direction and purpose in your evolving journey Number 10, be kind to yourself through the, throughout this process. It's natural. It's so normal to feel conflicted and confused at times. Um, but change takes time. So remember that. 11, talk to friends or family who can provide guidance and understanding as basically you navigate through this transition and the many transitions of life. And then the last is be open to discovering new interests and passions that you might not have considered before. Um, this can really just enrich your life and contribute to your personal growth. So that's the 12 step process for you. Okay. I told you I had I, things written down. I so. think one thing that would be really important to include on that list to make it the 13 step would be to like reflect on the pieces of who you have become that you wanted for yourself when Mm. you were in your last season like for me when I was playing drums all the time I wanted people to celebrate me for what I had to say not just for the way I made them feel with a musical performance or you know because I was in corporate worship and so it was like people would be moved in certain moments and Mm. but I felt like I felt like a, a performer I felt like I was a little bit of a monkey dancing um and I wanted people to to be interested in what I had to say, not just, not just my ability to play drums. And so now reflecting on that now, I'm like, okay, well I'm not playing drums anymore and I don't have that same size of a platform, but, but the, but that's a huge piece that I had such a desire for when I was in that last season Right. that I am now. Right. And I have a freedom and I have when I was a Christian, I wanted to invest so much time into researching outside of just faith. You're saying celebrate, cause celebrate the things that you desired then that you have now. Yeah. Yeah. 
because that's kind of that's along the lines of like me saying like what are the values that you enjoyed then that you can implement now like for me like creating my own stage Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. instead of like the thing that you can create it's something that you have already become yeah yeah it's it's the reason that you're in the season that you're in now Mm. it's like what was what was the thing that you felt like was suffocating you that you needed to become yeah and realize that you are that now yeah that's good that's good okay next in the same vein what helps you stay focused on goals and dreams when there are too many options so now that we've said try everything now we get to the point where we're like okay i'm trying lots of things and now i'm overwhelmed and i feel like i'm just trying everything commit (laughs) to doing one thing for a long time good that's that's one huge thing for me. Even if even if there's a bunch of other options, I think if you can make yourself a cutoff date for when you're done doing that thing, it, mm. it empowers you to be able to like persevere through a little bit more of doing something that maybe doesn't seem like it's aligned with what your passions are in the moment. But if you give it six weeks and you know you're going to be done in six weeks, by the time that six week gets there, you may be wishing that you were going to be doing it for more. I I love that. I think that's a great, great idea. Um, I think you could even do 30 days. I think if you do something for every day for 30 days, so it's like a month, right? And you create yourself like a list Mm -hmm. or a schedule of like how you're going to implement whatever that thing is. Try it for 30 days, every single day for 30 days. And yeah, like you said, see if you're, you're like, ah, I just can't wait to do more. Or if you're like, Mm -hmm. wow, that was really invigorating. I'm so glad I did that then. Moving on. Yeah. Instead of just doing it once every three months or once every six months where you're like, well, am I a painter or not? I only do it every six months, so I don't know. Right. So if that's something you really want to try on, I think that's a really great point. Yep. Commit to it hardcore for a limited or set amount of time and see what you come up with after that. I think yeah. that's really great. Well, it's like, it's like the, um, what do they call that? A pompadour timer, yes. um, pomodoro, pomodoro, mm-hmm. whatever it is, where yeah, it's like, I have set it, the, I have it written down. set it's the pomodoro. timer for five minutes, <laughs> set the timer for five minutes and start yeah. alongside that same thought of like, set the timer for five minutes mm-hmm. is like, it's this, it's the same trick as flipping a coin mm. like it's mm. not about what the mm-hmm. coin lands on when it actually lands it's what you hope it lands on while it's while it's flipping in the air and i think you can kind of develop a little bit of that feeling if you commit yourself to something for a fixed amount of time i completely agree that's great i also have a 12-step process for this one <laughs> but we, like just to kind of break down even what we've already said one clearly define your top goals and dreams identify mm-hmm. which ones align most closely with your values and long-term vision that clarity can make decision-making easier mm-hmm. Two, break down your larger goals into smaller achievable steps. This makes the path so much clearer and like more manageable. Um, and then that also reduces the feeling of like being overwhelmed. Number three, while having choices is good. Like we were saying too many options can lead to decision fatigue. And I, I really relate to this. Okay. I feel like this is going to, this even conversation is going to help me, Um, because I tend to want to be a jack of all trades Mm -hmm. (laughs) and literally do everything. Um, and so limiting the options is like such a good idea and narrowing down your options to a manageable number. So even if you want to do like many things, which I do maybe limit it to three versus seven or eight or whatever number works for you. So you can like really focus on truly the things that resonate with you. And again, this is going to be kind of a life 
long process of really narrowing in the things that bring you joy, especially again, if you're coming from religion, things like that. Okay. Number four, visual aids can help you stay connected to your goals. So create a vision board or a Pinterest board um, that showcases your dreams and keeps you motivated and focused. Pinterest, honestly, pinning things that just like made my eyes sparkle and like make me feel fuzzy inside made me realize how much like I really like working like on my computer in like this beautiful lit thing and like just just the vibes that I want. I'm like, okay, what is it that that person's doing? And so that kind of helped me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, even those elements help me realize like the kind of space I want to work in, what kind of things I want to do and so forth. Okay. Number five, use techniques. Okay, like Adam was saying, uh, like time blocking or the Pomodoro technique to allocate specific time blocks to work on your goals. Um, I do this. Sometimes you can do like a five minute thing or you could do like the last hour of my day. I'm only doing, you know, I'm only painting. (laughs) I'm just going to use that as the example or whatever it is that you want to do. Just allocate like from this time to this time. That's all I'm doing. Not any more, not any less, just once a day, this time to this time. Okay, number six, practicing mindfulness can help you stay present and centered. Meditation can provide mental clarity and reduce stress. Um, And that obviously allows you to focus better on your goals and just, again, staying in tune with yourself and, like, really Mm. trusting yourself. Number seven, use tools like to-do lists, planners, digital apps to create tracks uh, or to keep track of your goals and your tasks and your progress Um, because organizing is always going to make you feel less overwhelmed and it's going to help you prioritize effectively. Um, So (laughs) I love the notes app on the iPhone is my most used app um, besides Safari. So I'm obsessed just just (laughs) write it all down. Number eight, uh, share your goals with a friend or a family member or a mentor who can help hold you accountable spouse, whoever, and then regular, you know, you look check in with them or have them check in with you to help you stay committed. Number nine, set aside time to reflect on your progress and reassess your goals. Mm -hmm. Are they still aligned with your aspirations? Um, And adjust where you need to adjust because you will keep evolving. Number 10, take care of your physical and mental well-being. It will really enhance your focus and resilience. So, of course, like in between stuff, like just making sure that you're getting out in the sunshine, going for walks, (laughs) you're moving your body. Like you are basically a house plant that needs sunshine and water and the earth to feel good. So just don't forget that that's a huge part of mental health and being able to. And you're not going to feel good doing any of your passion projects. If you don't actually feel good while you're doing them, if you're neglecting yourself. Yeah. Feeling good about it's over. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, number 11, acknowledge and celebrate the progress you make no matter how small. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously we all know positive like reinforcement can boost your motivation. Um, and then lastly, learn to say no. So this is hard, but we can do hard things, as Glenn Doyle says. <laughs> I still can't say no. <laughs> it, literally impossible. It's hard for, yeah, I can't even imagine. It's hard for me. I can't imagine it's how hard it is for you, Adam. But yeah, learn how to politely decline opportunities that don't align with your top goals. Even if it's like kind of a side goal, if it's not your top goal and you're busy and you're like frazzled and you're overwhelmed or you're feeling burnt out you got to learn to say no i think one thing that would align well with number nine is something that popped into my head oh yeah all the way back there (laughs) yeah okay is um envision the life that you would lead 
doing the thing that you want and maybe this is for like the more grand ideas of like what do you want your career to be or Mm -hmm. how do you want your spirituality to be practiced but like what does it look like what sacrifices will you be making so for like for me if i was to choose to be a touring drummer again Mm -hmm. i need to know ahead of time that that's going to look like me being gone out of the state you know right 200 something days a year like it used to be i mean this isn't necessarily the truth but i have to look at that and reconcile the the cost versus Mm. the value of that for myself and say is that the life that i want to be leading then and is that worth it for me can i go through my life and through fatherhood and Mm -hmm. being a husband and everything else that life has to offer can i can i be gone five days a week and still be able to be present and be the person that i want to be in those moments uh, and if the answer is no, it doesn't have to be that that passion is off the table. It's shifting that to, to say, okay, well, maybe I can be somebody who does drum covers on YouTube mm-hmm. and it doesn't look the same because I'm not performing on stage, but it achieves similar goals. And that allows me to be home and that allows me to be able to be, you know, present and visible. And, and it gives me a chance to practice something that I'm passionate about. And so like, I think, alongside that like does it align with your goals and does it align with your life and number nine i think it's important to actually kind of role play out what your life would look like if you continued to pursue that passion Mm -hmm. passion so that you can reduce the list of things Mm -hmm. to a point where it's like okay i can i can feasibly chase these down right or like oh and now it wouldn't make sense right or this has got this has got a very definite end date yeah because i'm going to x y or z that is going to prohibit me from being able to continue doing the thing. Perhaps there is an, a universal reason why you were led out of that season of your life. Yeah. You know, like looking back, like, oh, well, I'm, I wouldn't want that in this current season of my life in that same way. And totally. maybe there's a bigger purpose behind why I have transitioned out of that season and into a new one. Yeah. I think that's great. I like those 12 steps. Thank you. <laughs> Obviously, be patient with your, yourself. She's like, she's going to start a support group for <laughs> deconstructing Christians. Well, no, no. That's literally what this It's going it to be called DCA, Deconstructed Christians Anonymous. No, 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 no. This Except we want to be very anonymous. This isn't just about deconstructing <laughs> Christians, though. Like, some of these questions had nothing to do with religion. No, totally. I know, I know. A lot of them, actually. I guess I just format all them, them all that way because a lot of them have talked about, or no, the first one No, just the one, about. just the first yeah. one. The <laughs> other ones are not that way, but it may be tied. But anyway, no, this is this is for people who are like me and you. Who yeah, just, who shed things like veganism and yeah. drumming and careers and identities. Who are totally. consistently evolving. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> I say it's not... <laughs> Well, on that note, should I just go into the religious one? Sure. How, let's well, let it rip. Okay. Maybe they all are a little bit. But how do you find community after leaving the church? I'm the wrong person to ask. Okay. <laughs> Adam has a hard time building community and like figuring out what that looks like. We've all, we all know he doesn't have a ton of time, but even if he did, it's still hard for him. So this is as much for you curious cutie as it is for this curious cutie and guess what yeah why don't you tell us how to build community after uh deconstructing your (laughs) religious well 
I got a 12 step for everybody. All right. Good. You so, know what? I'm here. But hi, my name is Adam and I'm terrible at building community. This, hi, Adam. <laughs> hi, Adam. Okay. So let go. me, let me help you. Thank you. Um, and feel free to jump in at any time. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So first of all, we can resonate. We can understand that feeling. So you're definitely not alone. Okay. Number one, look for clubs, groups, or classes that focus on hobbies, interests, or just activities that you enjoy. That can be a great way to meet like-minded people and build connections. So there are things on like Facebook or just like Google, like cooking classes near me, or if you're into like, I don't know, meditation, like meditation mm-hmm. classes near me, things like that, things that you're interested interested in there's community college things like that where you can take a class there's all kinds of things so finding people who are interested in things that you're also interested in Mm -hmm. okay two volunteer so you can get involved in like local charities community organizations or volunteer groups like go volunteer the pet shelter or the soup kitchen or like whatever it is that you're interested in um working towards a common cause obviously is going to bond people so we love that um number three attending meetups isn't there like a there's an app or literally a website called meetup.com isn't what bumble was supposed to be that's no bumble's like way later meetup has existed for a long time i don't know if you realize this but you and i went to a meetup when we were i think we were married but I found it. I was looking for a vegan community. And that's when uh-huh. we went to that event at Sunflower. I found it on Meetup. Oh, right, so anyway, using platforms like meetup.com <laughs> to find gatherings and events centered around your interests or values. And again, at that time, Adam and I were vegan. We were looking for a vegan community. People yeah. who were like aligned with us. because Oh, as I we, remember this now. Because as we know, uh-huh. um, veganism is very closely tied to religion. So it's very it easy to find religious <laughs> cults of veganism around if that's what you're interested in you can find acolytes of any type right you really can it's just it's easy to meet people that way okay number four um joining social clubs like seeking out non-religious social clubs or organizations that focus like on a rock climbing club right they focus on networking or, or even <laughs> like professional development or socializing that can provide that sense of community um number five online communities um, eventually we are going to be expanding our community for you little cuties and we'll be having ways that we can connect deeper, which is so exciting for the future. So stay tuned for that. But there's, yeah. there's other online communities. Um, like you can just like explore like online forums, social media groups, websites dedicated to the topics that like that you're interested in. So yeah, we all know that how that works. Number six like I said, enroll in classes or workshops. There's seminars usually that's going on, like seminars near me. Um, again, find things that align with your interests and then meet people through that. Number seven, attend local events, like whatever city you're living in. Mm-hmm. There's like Nashville. There's like the the wine uh, festival and there's yeah. like the tomato fest. And the, the, like, especially during the summer, there's so many out- Earth Day. Earth Day, there's so many outdoor uh-huh. activities. There's yeah. like- concerts there's live on the green so those sort of things are always they're happening everywhere like if you have a downtown there's there's always an event going on yeah so just look it up and go number eight um okay counseling or support groups so this isn't something that i've done before but you can seek out like support groups 
um, especially if you're dealing with something like an emotional aftermath, like leaving religion. Um, yeah. So those things are like really helpful. Number nine, create your own gathering. Okay. So if you can't find a community that matches your interests, uh, consider starting your own group or event based on your passion. That's kind of what we did with the podcast. It's kind of what we did with the podcast. And yeah. it's kind of what I did in college, leading a women's Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't exist and I wanted to do it. So I did it. Um, would I do it now? No, but maybe I would do it in a different way. So create your own. If you can't find it, create your own. Number 10, reach out to friends. There is no, there's nothing wrong with reaching out and reconnecting with old friends. Right. And maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe it just kind of falls flat. That's fine. But like, don't be afraid to reach back out to old friends that you had in the city that you're living in or even maybe it's online. There's no shame in that at all, because sometimes you can meet like hang out with them again. And then in that group, you meet somebody, one of their friends that they've made. And then you guys connect. Um, So no shame in that. Number 11, attend conferences okay so it's like like seminars all those things things in a professional field so if you have if you're like working if you have a job that's interesting and you and you like it um there's always going to be like seminars and stuff that are in your area or even like a bigger city near you depending on where you live um again that you can you can build a network of peers even having people who are like co-workers things like that are it's like very helpful and just makes you feel like you have community and the last thing is to join a gym or like a local sports team, um, the join the rec team or whatever it is, because moving your body and like, we all know what sports do, right? Like as an adult though, it's just harder to find those things, but it's actually not that hard to find. You're just not signed up by your parents. You just have to do it yourself. Like, you know what I mean? The school isn't posting it on the bulletin board and your parents aren't doing it for you. Right. Your parents aren't doing it for you. So I'm like, sorry, but you have to do it yourself. But it really isn't that hard. You are the adult now. You are the adult. You can do it. Sorry, guys. We can do hard things. So um, anyway, those that's my 12-step process. Just kidding. It's not a process. Those are 12 options, honestly, um, when it comes to how to make or find community um when you i feel like i've learned so much here today thank you really have you i have i don't know that i'm going to implement any of it because that's not my track record but he will (laughs) leave it up to me to do these things and we will she will build us a great community next question i'm struggling to have a healthy view of sex after no longer being a virgin i grew up in purity culture Hmm. it's a big one I mean, that was the basis of our relationship was, and the, the basis of our deconstruction was redefining what sex was. Yeah. It's a big one. Um, but I think it's so important to sit down and decide for yourself what is sex. And I think, especially in the, in, in the kind of space that you would be in coming out of purity culture, as both of us were. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to be able to like strip away all of the preconceived notions of what is sex, what is good sex, mm-hmm. what is obligated out of a relationship. Yeah. There's just so many, there's so many aspects of it that are social and also super um, um, intimate to yourself mm-hmm. that I think it's, it's really important to like look into what, what, it, what, what do you, what do you want it to be? You know, like I think, sex or yeah, like, like, what do you want sex to be? Right. What, what what would make it meaningful for you and what would make it approachable? And also like virginity is kind of a made up concept. 
Like you mm-hmm. can have like sex, I guess, for the first time that exists, mm-hmm. but the idea that you're any less like worthy or any less, any less period, mm-hmm. like after you've had sex is it's kind of a, it's truly a made up concept. But I, I understand again, coming from purity culture that it's not as easy as just like flipping yeah. a switch and telling yourself that. Um, so I have some tips for you. Let's hear them. Here we go. (laughs) Educate yourself. Learn about healthy sexual relationships, right? Um, and consent and communication. What you've learned in purity culture is one thing. We've got to relearn. Yeah. I think you need to build your ethic around it. Right. And I I think that's a little bit of what I was trying to say is that like, just redefine what it means to you and what you want it to be. Um, what, what is it that Brenda says? She says it's all about enthusiastic consent Right. for her. That's Mm -hmm. her, that's her sexual ethic. Yeah. And I think that's really, I think that's beautiful. I think that's a great thing to be able to have, like, even have like a little catchphrase, something that just rings in your mind that like, is just a quick little checkup when you're in the moment of like, how do I feel about this now? Does it align with this thing? Right. So that you no longer just hear no ding, ding before ding, ding before the bling, bling. (laughs) That's hilarious. I haven't heard that. Or something like that. No. Yeah. Anyway, you need a new little catchphrase. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. And uh, like, it may sound cheesy, but honestly, it's so good to be able to have something that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And understanding that the physical and emotional aspects of sex, like helping that can help you demystify that, uh-huh. the, whatever sex is yeah. to you. And you can build a more informed perspective because it is so personal. Um, and I think too, with that, it just keeps it visceral. Yeah. And I think with sex, like you have to keep it visceral. Yeah. You don't want to get in your head to try to like work your way around all of the technicalities of what sex is to you. Right. Right. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. That's your new <laughs> phrase. <laughs> um, okay. So two, challenge beliefs, right? So reflect on the beliefs that you've been taught and critically assess whether they align with your current values and understanding. Because um, recognize that your views on sex can evolve and will evolve over time. So there may be things that you learned and felt in purity culture that actually may still ring true for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And that's also okay. You actually don't have to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. Right. If, if, if there's something that's like, it comes from that era of your life, it's okay to bring it with you if it still resonates. I think something too, in that same vein is that it's important to discern between what's embarrassing and what is shameful. True. Um, because I think there's a lot of things that like when you're in purity culture, kinks and all sorts of other things like that, it's sexual fantasies can go from something that would be embarrassing to talk about. And you mm-hmm. don't want to talk about them with your peers because you're, a teen just coming into things and understanding these for the first time and you don't hear anybody else talking about it. Right. But Christianity and purity culture has changed that from embarrassment to shame and really taken advantage of your emotional state when you're working through those things to leverage it against you in your sex life. Mm. So I think just being very specific about like, is this something that embarrasses me or is this something that I feel shame around and then kind of process through that? Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, Okay. And then number three. So this is a one that I want to just make sure we address because we aren't professionals. Like we're not like, yeah, we aren't. Prof- we've already said that we're not professional. Um, so if you do find that your past experiences and I feel pretty professional, you're, at sex. you're pretty, he's a pro. Okay. <laughs> he's a pro. Guys. 
Um, but we're not a pro at helping you through your sexuality. So that's what I'm saying. But if you find that your past experiences and the things that you've been through in your sexuality, like if it's causing a significant emotional distress or like it's impacting your well-being, obviously consider speaking to someone who is a therapist or a counselor or a trained professional mm-hmm. um, and they can provide a safe space for you. So there's that. That's number three. I just wanted mm-hmm. to address that before like moving on. Yeah. And also talk to your friends. They also have the same kind of things that roll through their minds that they don't necessarily want to talk about. And if you're the first one to bridge the gap They'll be so in happy. the conversation, I promise you from being somebody who has basically <laughs> aired their sex life on a podcast through the last hundred episodes, <laughs> <laughs> it's so important to start the conversation. It's so true. That's literally my, my next. Well, it's one of my next points. So yeah, number four, normalize communication. So yeah. open and honest communication with your partner or with your future partner, current, future, whatever. Um, it's crucial. And that's where you discuss your thoughts, your fears, your expectations about sex. Um, this can help obviously foster understanding and create a safe environment for the both of you. Um, number five, practice self compassion, Mm -hmm. be patient with yourself, uh, unlearning really deeply ingrained beliefs takes time. It's been a really hard one for me to undo a lot of what I believed about men (laughs) and sex and like how to be on good terms with men was to just give them sex. (laughs) So that took a while, um, to get that out of my wiring. Um, it took a while for me to understand that if Adam and I are arguing, it's not because I haven't had sex with him. Could be for many, a plethora of reasons. Um, and that took a lot. That took many years for me to get past that. So, and it sometimes still comes up and that's okay. So that's why we say practice Mm self-compassion. Okay. Number six, explore your values. Okay. So don't, so define your personal values and beliefs about sex. Like we were saying, um, in a way that aligns with your current understanding and desires, obviously that can provide a foundation for making decisions that feel right for you. So you've just really got to come up with your own. Uh, really got to come. <laughs> Sometimes you just really got to come. Sometimes you just really got to come. Um, and I recommend it. <laughs> I recommend coming a lot. <laughs> And figuring out how you like to come. Uh, yeah, basically. Okay, and the last thing. This isn't a 12-step process this time. I see. This it's one's just, more efficient. This is more efficient. Um, celebrate, like Adam was saying, that Brenda says, celebrate consent. So mm-hmm. embrace the importance of consent in all aspects of your life. Okay, so understanding that consent is a mutual agreement that can help, obviously, shift your focus from guilt to empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. You know? If it's not a yes, let's fuck, it's a no, let's not. And also trust your body. Because, like, there's so many ways that you can that you can overthink and overanalyze sex in the moment. And I think this is kind of what, what I was alluding to when I was saying to keep it visceral. Is that, like, if your body is saying yes, you don't have to come up with a reason in your mind why you need to self punish for being willing to engage in something that's going to bring you pleasure. Mm. I think that's, I think that's an important piece to like, make sure that you are not trying to logic your way into feeling negatively about 
a consensual situation. Mm. Yes. And just remember that your perspective of sex and like what it means to you is unique to you. So it's not going to be the same. Like, yes, talking with your friends is important, but like your perspective and your ethic is going to look different. Mm -hmm. It's going to look different for literally everyone. So just remember that. Yeah. Okay. So the last question we have, I'm excited because it's about relationships and love. Oh, okay. Uh, how to accept <laughs> you're like i can't start how to accept <laughs> um getting through a relationship breakup where you both still love each other and want to be with each other how to move forward and let's just woof let's just uh um, that would be my second woof of the podcast i think the first one was counting. oof oh wasn't it or did you could say been. woof well it could have been a little bit of both so Adam hasn't broken up with a romantic partner before. I have not. But you can imagine. Oh, I did, which is why I never dated anybody because I knew it would break my cute little heart that just could not handle it. What being broken up with? No, breaking up with somebody. Oh. Well, I could this... handle being I could handle being broken up with because I at least know that they were making the choice that was good for them. Breaking up with somebody would shatter somebody's reality of what they thought our relationship was and it would destroy me. Yeah. I know he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> just I like, literally couldn't if I wanted to. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, get back, to, let's, <laughs> let's get back to this question, though. So we we do we do empathize with you, and we our heart goes out to you because having a mutual breakup where you you know you can't be together right now or maybe ever I don't know, and you both still love each other. That's that's heartbreaking. That's just terrible. Yeah, it's gut wrenching. So. Our heart goes out to you and so sorry that you're going through this. Um, I feel like something that's really hard right now too is like there is this whole thing going around about conscious uncoupling. Yeah. And just because there's a phrase for it that sounds clean and neat Mm -hmm. and tidy does not mean it's not a complete emotional wreck. Yeah. Yeah. Just because like even for us, we've always said since the inception of our relationship that like divorce is always on the table. Mm-hmm. It has to be at least, at least in the capacity that our relationship is in now where we are only responsible to one another. Yeah. We don't have kids. We don't really have any other responsibilities outside of ourselves. That would, that would be, that would be detrimental to those things if we broke up. And so like, but even then it's like, it's still on the table. Yeah. It's still on the table. We'll never. You, I think the point is, is that you have to be choosing each other. Right. If, if it's become something that the relationship is good, but feels obligatory, it's going to decay and deteriorate. And so I think sometimes like breaking up when you're still in love is the responsible and kind thing to do mm. if it's feeling like an obligation rather than a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, like that's, that's a hard place to be. Um, and so I do have some tips that hopefully will help you navigate this hard mm. time. Okay. So let's dive in. You need to give yourself some space. That's the first thing. So while you both still have feelings for each other, it's definitely important to create some distance initially. 
um, because this will allow you both to process your emotions and gain clarity. I know you're going to want to talk and you're going to like, especially because you still love each other. There's no one you're mad at. There's no one you're ignoring or blocking or nothing like that. So it's so easy to like get back together or call every night or whatever it is, but you need to give yourself space. Yeah. Because there's no real closure in right. At least on that end of things. Time is going to be the real, really only thing that gives closure. Um, so yeah, you have to give yourself the space. And then number two, in a way, in a weird way, it kind of goes against it, but not really. But you've got to communicate um, openly. So you have to have an honest conversation about the reasons for the breakup and your feelings. You have to have clear communication so that I can help both of you understand each other's perspectives. And then right like to me, I would need to know uh, like very clearly why we're not together like i would Mm. need to know especially if you both still like love each other like i would need to know like bullet point like we are not together because he is a practicing jew and i am not like and that's what he truly wants with his life and like he wants his partner to be in whatever like Things that like are not changing and things that anyway. So that's just an example of like being very clear as to like why you are not together right now. Mm. Number three, you've got to set boundaries. So establish clear boundaries to avoid confusion and obviously further emotional turmoil. Um, and it might involve limiting like your contact with each, each other or refraining from discussing certain topics with each other um, that could reopen those wounds and even connection which again is going to be hard because you're going to know the things that draw you together but you've got to set boundaries on when you do talk or when you do communicate that you don't there's boundaries that you say like you don't talk about the past and in like you don't reminisce on your memories or you don't whatever especially during this time when you're so sensitive Mm. um so boundaries are going to be very important for you number four focus on self-care Okay, so prioritize your well-being by practicing self-care, engage in activities that make you feel good, um, whether it's like a hobby or like maybe you just need to get, again, your house plant, so go, like go outside and be in, in, in nature and the sun. Um, yeah, or spend time with like people that you love and that care about you, friends, family, whoever, or pursue a new hobby. Mm. Uh, I think one thing for me in that is doing things this isn't even obviously me in any sort of breakup situation, but I think something that makes me feel better, even when it's like, you're just gone and I'm missing you, um, is taking mundane things that Mm -hmm. I already do and Mm -hmm. orient them around, um, that I'm doing them for myself. Mm, Like romanticizing them, romanticizing them. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like for me, I call it being in my bachelor era. Yes. Um, but it's like, I put my house together and make it cute and amazing for myself to enjoy so that I can be in that space yeah, and so that I can be romanced by myself. Yes. Yeah. I think that's huge. Because, because it's just, it's just a shift in perspective. You're doing the same thing. Right. You know? Right. Like what would you do for them? Would you go like stop on your way home to like pick them peanut M&Ms because you know that you, that they love them. Okay. Well, why don't you stop on your way home and get your favorite snack? Mm -hmm. Like things like that. Yeah. I think that's important. Um, number five, seek support, obviously reach out to friends, reach out to family or a therapist. If it's like really that if getting to that point, um, who can provide a listening ear and obviously emotional support during this really vulnerable time. 
for you. Mm-hmm. Um, number six, allow yourself to grieve. Okay, so grieving the end of a relationship is, it's hard to get yourself to just grieve, um, but it is a natural part of the process. Allow yourself to feel the emotions that arise and give yourself time to heal. Um, I'd have to look this up to back it up completely, but there's something that I read at one point that helped me get through a very, very hard time when I thought we were going to be losing our dog. And it was something along the lines of like, you can only fully feel an emotion for about nine seconds. Um, and then it, then you get like a, like a moment of, what is it called? Like a break, like a perspective, like you kind of go outside of your body and and realize the feeling that you're feeling. Yeah. You like, you get a break in your emotion. You get a break in that experience Mm -hmm. at like after nine seconds. So like if you're just sobbing your eyes out, like you're going to take a break in nine seconds and then you can, you're probably going to sob your eyes out again in like a couple seconds, but at least just know that like if you're sobbing and you can hardly catch your breath and like I've, I've yeah. been there where you can like not even breathe, just know that like after nine seconds, like you're going to breathe like and also, you're not going to actually, you're not going to die. And this is, I guess more for me, but nine seconds of sobbing is also sufficient. Yes. Like that is you fully feeling the emotion yeah. and pushing yourself beyond that to try to Exactly. to try to be somebody who allows themselves to get lost in their emotions for a moment. Right. 9 seconds is is sufficient. sufficient. Exactly. And I did that too and I was like if I don't like I felt like if I didn't hardcore feel my feelings like in that moment then I would just like be in this constant state of of grief and I think being able to go hard for like knowing that I had nine mm-hmm. seconds to just go hard and, and think my world was completely crumbling. Mm-hmm. It was good for me to do that. It was good for me to go there so that I could like take, like I could just come up for air yeah. after those nine seconds. So, but also like realizing too, that after nine, after say it's nine seconds, I say it's I it literally is. like a breath of tears and then you end up numbing to it a lot of people can get into a cycle of like self-shaming and self-punishing that you can't even feel your own feelings about Mm -hmm. things, or at least I can get that way. And like, it's, that's good perspective for me to realize that like, there's no like fixed amount of time that you have to feel a feeling to be able to like be vulnerable and to have let yourself to be in that grieving season or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Without, without cycling yourself into yeah. More negative feelings There's in no a space where you already have them. Right. I mean, I went through a breakup where I was actually much happier than I in this season of my life when I, than I should have been like on the outside looking in. And I felt a little bit of guilt for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that if at some point you're starting to feel OK, don't don't shame yourself or guilt yourself for being able to move on. Perhaps if that's your story, if it's not, that's OK, too. But like if you end up feeling okay in a couple of weeks and you're like, I kind of feel bad because I was so in love, but now I'm okay. Like don't shame yourself for mm-hmm. getting to the other side. Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't disqualify the love you have. It doesn't make it shallow. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So number seven, accept the reality. So while you both may still love each other, it's important to accept that the relationship, it's not working. It's why you, you broke up. Um, so accepting it will obviously help you move forward. And that's just, that's an entire process in and of itself, but eight focus on growth. Use this time to reflect on what you've learned from the relationship and how you can grow personally and emotionally. 
Um, nine, practice patience. Healing takes time. We know that. Um, be patient with yourself and acknowledge that healing isn't linear. So mm-hmm. it's going to come in waves and that's completely normal. Yeah. I, ha- I have this like way of thinking about grief that sometimes comes up later on. Yeah. Can latent su- can grief. Like, yeah. Can kind of surprise you. You'd be like, why aren't I okay? A part of me uh-huh. thinks that is past version of yourself who was in the grief had to have some of that burden be taken off. So maybe you sobbed for nine seconds and then you were done for like a minute and a half. Well, maybe during that minute and a half, your future version of yourself. You had to outsource some of those feelings. You had to outsource it. And so at another time when you were more capable of bearing those emotions, Mm -hmm. you were able to do it in the future. Anyway, it's kind of a (coughs) mind fuck, but that's how I like to think of it. Um, well, and I think that's why it's important to, to like embrace the joy and the peace that you do find if it is immediately after yeah. something, mm-hmm. because like when my first dog died, I didn't cry for a month Aww. and then I found her collar and her first toy and I s- just lost it. And that's okay because like I wasn't trying to, I wasn't shaming myself or trying to find something to be sad about in that first month, thankfully, because then that would have really hit right when it hit, you know? No. Yeah. Definitely don't force those emotions. Like I'm grateful for the times that I've had like losses in my life and I ended up not being as sad like take that as a blessing that may it might may come later may not ever at all and that's also okay yeah because sometimes it's like your body knows that you need time to realize the perspective of like your life can function without that person in your life before you can even process the feelings of loss. Yeah. Um, so that you have some reality to grasp onto while you're going through the emotional turmoil that's to come later. Yeah. Ooh, dogs. Don't even get me started. Yeah. Sorry about that. <sighs> okay. I'm almost done here, but 11, avoid rekindling too soon. So while there's a chance you might re- reunite in the future, it's essential to give both of you enough time to heal before considering you know, getting back together. Mm-hmm. Um, I read in Cosmo once when I was like a, a <laughs> you teenager. You know the story's going to be good when it starts that. Um, that you're supposed to, and I, honestly, I thought uh, to this day, I'm like, that's great advice. You said hashtag Bible. <laughs> yeah, hashtag Bible. Um, <laughs> 60 days, I think is what it, ta- it's like what they said that um, if you truly want to like move on past someone, again, this is Cosmo, okay? But not having any contact with someone, somebody like also like blocking them on social media. So you don't see anything like literally no, no form of contact with someone for 60 days. And apparently that's like the key to like getting past someone. Not that that's like what you need to do, but that's what Cosmo said. (laughs) So I'm just like giving you that. Wanda was not present for this conversation. Oh my gosh, really odd parents is not what I mean, but maybe them too. Okay. Last thing is to write it down again. I know I already kind of said that before, but like, not just writing down your like why you've broken up, but also just writing down your thoughts and your feelings mm-hmm. as they come because mm-hmm. that can be therapeutic and can help you process your emotions. When I broke up with my ex fiance, um, I wrote down, I was writing down our entire conversation while I was breaking it off so that I could stay focused. Not that that's the same thing as like journaling, but like I do know that like writing things down helps me like, be present be present and like well and see my emotions as like what they are like just emotion in Mm -hmm. 
that moment of time rather than this like overarching theme that like is just going over my whole life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, okay. So that's my 12 step process for you. Uh, just remember that healing from a breakup is going to take time and it's going to vary from person to person how they deal with it and just let it be okay. Like however it comes, whatever the waves are, just know that it's okay. And like, it's part of the process. Yeah. Lean into those emotions or don't like just flow (laughs) with whatever Mm -hmm. like is working for you. Yeah. Hope that was helpful. Thank you guys for the questions and being open and vulnerable with us to share this with us. That's so important to me to be able to hear from you guys um, because I feel like, I feel like this is supposed to be mutual. Um, Obviously we're the ones putting on a podcast and sharing all of our deep intimate thoughts and changes and transformations in our life. Um, But I love, I love feeling like it's like there's some reciprocity here. Like I I want it to feel like we're, that we're sharing in community. It's our community. Yeah. And we love you guys. And we hope that like, you found well you felt seen in like this conversation mm-hmm. and that your problems questions were addressed and yeah like thank you so much for sending in those questions and those the things that are going on in your life we, we also want to know what's like happening in your life um and yeah as we as we continue to build our community like we kind of alluded to earlier we want to be doing a little bit more of this um engaging with you guys directly um and so hopefully this is the start to something really beautiful it's the start of something new it feels so right to be here (laughs) with you (laughs) so there you go you got some singing and some beatboxing that's the typical lauren and adam way that is the way this is the way the truth in the life Love you guys so much. Thank you all for listening. Send this to a friend that you think may be going through some things that are similar. And that would mean the world to us. Mm -hmm. We love you guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye.